Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to the Driving Mall Show. Today on the show, we have got Sam Casey's player quiz um, to uh, look at so lashes as you might know him from the radio um, grassroots rugby we'll be looking not only at results but we'll also have a quick chat about the laws of the game as well um, Steve Hansen has really been putting his oar in as well um, with a few comments so we'll have a look at some of those and the Gallagher Premiership has announced when it's going to be returning to finish off their season so all of that um, in uh, the Driving Mall Show this evening here on New Zealand Sports Radio. And before we get on, don't forget, you can listen to us on the go. So do download the podcast on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Acast, all those favourite places. And uh, don't forget to tell your friends to do it as well, folks, and help support this independent media um, that we're producing over here. Joining me this evening, um, I've got uh, Stephen Harris. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, very good. Thank you, Paul. Always a privilege and a pre- pleasure to talk the national game. And uh, I've got Sir Dwayne Poliativo um, as well. Um, how are you doing, sir? Yeah, good. Thank you. Always good to be on the show. Um, Honoured to be here. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Oh, our absolute pleasure. And so Steve and um, Dwayne, Stephen and Dwayne were at the same game um, this weekend in the old grassroots in Auckland, um, catching up on um, Suburbs versus Pakaranga, um, whilst I got down to Maris, um, not Marist, what I'm talking about, I got down to Monacau, Monacau um, versus um, Papi Toto um, in, for, for my one as well. And I'll just say, um, uh, Monacau really did look after me very well. So thank you, boys, um, down there for, for looking after me um, at the club. Uh, give me a nice little table inside to watch the rugby the game from. Oh, I mean, it's, it was like being at a, a professional game in a media box. It was brilliant. Um, <laughs> so, Stephen, were, were you looked after by um, suburbs, or did you have to get out into the uh, on the grass in the mud? Yeah, well, listen, it's always it's always fun. You, you talk about the hospita- hospitality of all the clubs. I always marvel that uh, you could rock up to any club ground on a Saturday afternoon and watch a senior game. And these guys will go hammer and tong, bash each other, and 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 they'll all shake hands at the end of the game and head in the club rooms. And, and usually the hospitality shown by all the clubs around Auckland is, in my opinion, is 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 quite exceptional and um you know even though you're, you're knocking heads with a lot of these guys um you know you, you, you there's, there's a lot of respect for for the other guys who play for the other teams i think probably um uh, Dwayne can probably reiterate a little bit more than i can oh just like you said Stephen, that um uh, hospitality just across Auckland um everyone embraces the game and um, it's just so good that, you know, whatever happens on the field sort of stays on the field. Um, and you know, everyone knows everyone here in um, Auckland and um, especially in club footy and, um, you know, put a banter on the field and, you know, sort of stays there. So um, uh, it's yeah. good to have footy back. It's definitely enjoyable. Well, well, Eric Rush once said to me, um, we're all mates until you cross that white line. <laughs> and then when you come off that white line, you're, you're mates again. 
<laughs> your mates again. Yeah, that's it. The old cliche. Uh, the, old, the old man always says that as well. You know, I tend to have a laugh with a few boys, but he, he doesn't like that. He's like, you know, play the game, play hard, and then when you come off the field, then you're free. So, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, Simon also reminds me that we need to have a quick chat about the um, having a team in Hawaii um, as well in Major League Rugby. So we'll also cover off on um, that one. Um, actually, let's start there, actually, with the, the Major League um, uh, MLR one over there with five ex-All Blacks um, involved uh, as, as, as well. Um, and uh, here we go. Anthony um, Tuavake. Uh, uh, ben Atiga, uh, Jerome Kano, Joe Rokokoko, and John Foa um, are all involved there um, with people with business associates. Matt Atiga, Tracy Atiga, who is going to be the CEO, she's um, she'll be running it, and Cam Kilgore um, as well. Um, so known as the Mercury um, Group, um, which is uh, which is um, uh, which is what they're going to be called. Uh, well, that, that, that's the kind of the, the, the company that's um, that's own it uh, that's going to own it. I'm just trying to find the name of the actual team. But um, Dwayne, you uh, surprised that players have been involved and, and, and had to stump up. I I I always see it as being a rich businessman's kind of person owning a, a club. Uh, I was a bit surprised to see the players involved. Yeah, I think um, I think the big thing um, coming out of it is, is, is Pacific Island players giving back um, to. Um, you know, a team uh, and also just trying to uh, build um, our team around Pacific Islanders, specifically owned um, and, and sort of Polynesian first of a lot of things. Uh, the only things I can gather is that, you know, they, they really want to help out um, with the, you know, the growing talent and obviously having a team to to be established um, in Hawaii is, is different. Uh, but, you know, we had that with, you know, big owners coming through, um, you know, who were trying to buy the Warriors or, um, you know, be owners of the Warriors and stuff like that. So I guess it's nothing new to them. Uh, but it's awesome that, you know, we've got some ex-players who are of Polynesian descent, um, you know, trying to, to give back to the game. Um, and I think that's the most exciting thing about it. Steve, are you, um, I, I'll be honest, when I, when I saw the players there, I was a bit worried about the financial side of it rather than obviously the, 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 the playing side. Um, with players involved, Stephen, do you think uh, have they got the the sort of enough cash to because it's going to be loss making for the first few years um, in MLR, isn't it? We know they've they've mentioned that before. Well, listen, they've got some really good names on board. You know, um, names that rugby people will will recognise. You know, guys who've either played um, for the All Blacks or the or the Pacific Islands. Um, one of the Pacific Island teams, and I think that's the first thing to put to dip your toes in the water. I'm I'm really excited about it. I'm just trying to think of the guy um, from Hawaii or the sport. There was a sports agent or sports on, entrepreneur who wanted to get rid of, uh, to wanted to get involved with a uh, a sporting a rugby franchise um, oh, about about three years ago. I'll do a bit of research while while we're chatting. So. And I think Hawaii's probably the, the right place. I think the, the, you know there's an opportunity for a bit of investment. There's been a bit of a bit of talk in recent times why we don't have a professional franchise up in the islands, but we we all know the the issues in and around television rights, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, which is a, a little bit of a crock, but un, understandable. But um, listen, hopefully with those names, it can it can build some momentum. And I think if you get a little bit of a uh, little bit of interest, I, I think. Um, I think it'll be able to find some momentum. Yeah, now they're called um, Kanaloha Hawaii um, Rugby is what it's going to be, is is, is what they're called. Um, I'm trying to find out what Kanaloha um, uh, uh, is a, uh, it's, it's a gold symbol um, apparently uh, up there. So that's, um, is one of the four major gods of the traditional Hawaiian religion. Okay, so I guess one of the good things about this kind of thing is that it'll, Ed, Ed will, will learn about the Hawaiian culture just by learning what these words mean, etc. And I'm sure they're going to involve the Hawaiian culture um, strongly uh, within the uh, the club, which will be good. Um, it's the first professional team in Hawaii, so there's no uh, baseball, American football, ice hockey, basketball, Major League Soccer, um, none, um, lacrosse team. None of those um, professional teams exist in Hawaii. Now, a big piece of that has been 
historically, I think, I mean, not just population, but also the extra travel um, that's involved and the time zones. Uh, so um, I believe I, I heard somewhere mention that the Hawaiian uh, airline, um, well, I'm forgetting what it's called now, uh, is also involved now uh, and also a hotel group. Now, clearly, if you're going to be flying teams out on a regular basis, having someone who's going to front up for the airfares and the hotels uh, will be really helpful um, on your sponsorship crowd. Uh, so, look, a lot of things here. I mean, initially, I was skeptical, to be honest with you. Uh, I've seen we've seen um, people like Pro Rugby come out and kind of mention, oh, look, we've got 100 Test All Black going to be playing for us. Uh, from memory, um, I'm not sure um, my, my males actually play any games in the end <laughs> for them. Um, but the good thing I think here is that these the players have come out and spoken about the um, about the club with their own mouths, with their own social media. So you can see it's not somebody just fake using their name uh, and their brand. Uh, the players are actively involved. Um, so this one does sound like one of the more legit options um, that we uh, um, that we that, that, that we see. Um, uh, Jason McLean says hi to you, uh, Dwayne. Um, yeah, Alfreda, <laughs> champion. He's the coach at uh, Pickering, one of the Pickering legends. Um, it's good to see him on the show. Hey, Freda. So uh, there we go. Um, and we will go through the uh, the Auckland um, uh, the, the Auckland results. Uh, so, uh, so um, join the show. Um, so yeah, so yeah, great to see. They've got ninety days to prove everything to. Um, uh, uh, to, to to the rest of the MLR, um, so yes, yeah, so hope, so hopefully that does go through. That will that basically what they saw is that um, the uh, Colorado Raptors, where um, oh Stephen, who do, who was the 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 guy from um, um, Northland All Black who we interviewed? I've gone blank. Rennie Ranger, where Rennie Ranger was um, <laughs> um, last year, uh, have uh, pulled out of. Uh, MLR. Yep. Um, they've also uh, cancelled their entire women's program as well, which is very sad to see. Um, but pulling out of MLR, that made it 13 teams. That left a gap. Uh, and um, uh, Kenny Loha uh, uh, have uh, stepped in. So that's great to um, that's great to see. Um, so yes, let's have a look at some of those. Uh, I'm going to share up some of the um, uh, some, some of the some of the the, the, the player uh, questions questionnaires. That Sam Casey uh, did. Um, so uh, he asked the players, um, "Do they think they've got the um, uh, the coaching uh, team or the Orbex coaching team right?" Forty-six percent have said no, twenty-eight percent yes, and twenty-six percent yes, but not the assistants. So uh, interesting one there. Um, do you think this is mainly going to be the players that haven't been selected, or do you think there'll be a bit of? Uh, Oh, the, the player camp needs a bit of um, bit of persuading. Well, I think uh, Paul, what 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 you what you'll find is that there are a lot there. There's a lot of players who have played under specific coaches, and they will support those those coaches come what may. And it's and it's not a case of not liking an incumbent. They will basically go with the coaches that they know, and if they've had good experiences under those coaches, that's the way that. That's the way I think they would have would have voted. It's it's pretty much in the same way when it comes to uh, selection as a coach. Uh, or selection is always in the eye of the beholder. And if a coach knows a player well and knows his work ethic, and it's somebody he can trust, he'll go with that player. That's that's my take anyway. Well, from that one, then it's kind of interesting as to see who they think their best ever professional coaches are. Um, Tony Brown um, topping that poll, and uh, yes, I'll be honest. If I'd been New Zealand Rugby and I was appointing the next um, All Blacks head coach, I would have said um, Tony Brown is the assistant. Tony, who do you want as your head coach? Um, that's how I would have gone about. I think Tony Brown's that good. Um, but so uh, yeah, Razor Robinson, Dave Rennie in there, um, Warren Gatland, and uh, Jason Holland as well. Um, Dwayne, your thoughts on uh, on some of those names out there? I've, I've only had a little bit of experience with Razor, um, and from what I've seen, he's, he's a real big on culture and, and, and detail and stuff like that. 
Um, I've heard a lot of stories about Tony Brown. I'm talking to a lot of the boys about um, how he is and how he works, and he's 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 got it down to the detail, just to the you know the finer finer details. He's he's so technical, um, and you know he was the first five, so he understands understands the game really really well. Um, and I think he brings the best out of the players. And um, I think the biggest thing for players, especially, is you know what which coach brings the best out of them. Um, so a lot of them maybe. You know, as Stephen said, they've probably had experience under those coaches and, and know them on a personal level, um, and who they feel comfortable with, um, and you know, who's to know um, six to twelve months from today that that Paul will change, and you know, Foster will probably bring the best out of the next big thing. So, um, yeah, I think it's I guess it's just who the players feel comfortable with and who uh, brings the best out of them. I'm I'm in, I'm, in, I'm surprised that Jason Holland is up there. Getting the same sort of percentage as Dave Rennie and Warren Gatland. Um, that's uh, obviously um, so. He's the guy that stepped up to the Hurricanes when um, Plumtree left, right? Uh, so um, clearly, uh, he's got the um, uh, he's got the players backing. It would appear um, seems to be good with the players, uh, even if perhaps we don't um, know them uh, um, as, as well. Uh, it's not so right. So the one if if the question around the All Blacks coach has been have been made before in the past, would we have got similar results? Unfortunately, we'll never know on that one, I'm afraid. Um, one you definitely will be able to tell us about, Dwayne, is um, around ground. Um, and interesting that um, uh, Palmerston North uh, gets uh, gets the worst one uh, down there. So maybe a, uh, not enjoying the bucket head shouting at the players, maybe? <laughs> Probably just an open field, um, bit of wood, but you could say that about Wellington as well. Um, so, uh, yeah, tough one. Probably pitch. Just, you know, it's, yeah, interesting. I'll be honest, having yeah, having been to Palmerston North, yeah, it is. It, it's got the running track. It's an oval. You are so far away from yep. uh, the crowd. Is so far away. Even if they make a lot of noise, it's not going to be heard. It's also very low. There's no walls to keep the keep the noise in. From an atmosphere point of view, I, I don't think it's um, it's very good. Um, the orange theory, um, obviously, I mean they're they're pretty much getting changed in um, porter cabins, so you can understand why that's that's one of the worst worst grounds to play at. Sky Stadium again, you're a long way from the pitch. They don't get big crowds. Interesting rugby park there, there. Which one? Uh, I'm, I think that's Southland, but it could be. Uh, yeah. Um, Maybe it's complaining about being too cold down there. Yeah. Oh, I, I was, sorry, Dwayne. I was about to say right. some of these could be based on at atmospheric conditions. You know, Palmerston North, it's hmm. it's right under a mountain range and it can be really, really cold. I recall watching a Mata 10 Cup game last year between Taranaki and Manawatu and at the end of the game there was literally surface water covering probably about 60, 60 to 70% of, of the ground. And it is exposed in the same way Orange Theory Stadium or Addington Showgrounds in Christchurch. I've, I've actually been down there to watch a Blues game. And believe you me, um, I could not feel my fingers and toes. It was a, it was a night game. It can be seriously cold. We know how exposed uh, um, Sky Stadium can be. And uh, Rugby Park, I remember talking to a couple of Northern players playing down there one year and the, and the hail was coming in, in sideways and that's as they ran out on the ran out on the field. Paul, I just wanted to mention quickly something about the coaches poll before. What we should take into account is both Warren Gatland and Dave Rennie have actually been out of the country for the last few years as well. So a lot of the current guys that are playing professionally in New Zealand may not have played under these guys, under. maybe a few of the older heads in the in the Chiefs have had Dave Rennie, but um, I, I sense that's why those guys are sitting so low. Sorry to sorry to uh, back the truck up there a little bit, guys. Not at all. I mean, I mean it, 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 that's not really low as such. Is it? I mean, they're still the third or, or oh. third equal best coaches. Mm -hmm. So ahead of people like um, Liam McDonald or um, uh, about the other guys down there at some. Um, or yeah, or yeah, or anybody from the Blues actually. None, none of the Blues coaches are there. Tanner Manga, um, you've uh, yeah, or, or um, there's, there's no one like um, uh, I've gone on blank now. Um, but yeah, that's 
they, 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 yeah, they, you are right. They've been out the country and still they're voting and still they're getting a good, um, good number of votes. That's very true. So, Dwayne, so you're thinking. Sorry, you were thinking of John Kerwin, Paul Kerwin. Kerwin. Yeah. Uh, main country isn't there as well. Another another guy who's um, sort of been recently around quite a lot of players. Um, so yeah, uh, so, um, but you've not got um, uh, Blackadder isn't there, for example. I mean, he left about the same sort of time, or probably left after Warren Gatland, um, yes, etc. So yeah, so you, you, yeah, he he spent a lot of time with a lot of players um, as well. And um, so, Dwayne, what's what's the worst ground you've been to? Um, internationally, or you got to can't go past Happy Park. Where, sorry, <laughs> it, was in it was probably the worst. Uh, oh, it's a mud. It was, um, a mud pool. But uh, in in, all, in New Zealand, ooh, uh, I actually haven't really played in any um, bad fields. The last, um, well, probably uh, down in um, in Nelson uh, there. Um, but yeah, otherwise, not most pitches are pretty good. I just yeah, up to scratch as well. So. Yeah, Paul, Paul to, to be brutally honest, I, I find it a really awkward sort of question because I, listen, when, I can recall playing back in the day, I was just happy with, oh. a, with, a, with, a, with a ground that was in reasonable nick, you know, uh, if it was in good nick, if that was a bonus, top of the ground yep. sort of thing. And if it was if it was boggy and windy, hey, you just got on with it. It, it is what it is. To be fair, most, most club fields uh, nowadays are up to scratch, you know, like um, even just playing club footy now in Auckland. Uh, most fields, you know, very rarely are we having, you know, bogged up mud, mud fields. So, no, it's been pretty good. Wait till you get to Manukau. Um, the, um... <laughs> oh, gee. There you go. You're never ever, ever going to be invited back after that comment, mate. <laughs> oh, they... they, they, they yeah, yeah. If you're watching from the Monaco Rugby Club, on behalf of uh, New Zealand Sport Radio, we apologise. That was just a no, actually, On behalf of Monaco Rugby Club, okay, folks, this is a reach out. If you ever been to Monaco Rugby Club, complain to the council. They want to get as many people as possible complaining to the council because the more voices there are there talking about the pitch conditions, the more likely the council will do something about it. So, so the, the, the coach were talking about this after the game. So seriously, guys, uh, if you know, if, uh, if, you're, if you're in the area of Monaco, you live that area, Please do write into your council um, and uh, give them some help. Get some help in getting that pitch um, upgraded. Paul, have you um, ever heard the saying "a level playing field"? <laughs> that's basically that's, that's their home advantage. So you know, you get these flash university backlines turn up, and then they all of a sudden look at the ground. It, it changes the game plan. You look the across right the. Now. You look across at the other 15 players and all you can see is a big big Monaco pack with big smiles on their faces <laughs> because that ball ain't going any further than the first five. Let me give you the tip. Yeah. So there's a little bit of home ground advantage there. There that's, was a lot of play theory. between the 22s at the weekend, I can tell you. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, unsurprising. Forsyth Bar, it's our newest stadium. It should be the best stadium, um, let's be honest. there. I, I'd love to get down there. Uh, and stand in the zoo uh, and enjoy a game. I think that'd be a fantastic atmosphere. Um, where should we go next? Media. Do you think our, our, our shows on TV are any good to watch? No, apparently they're not. There you go, folks. Get us on TV. We'll be much better. <laughs> I, I, must, I must admit, I... Um... I did enjoy the two guys who were on Sky, and, and those guys actually started on doing their own YouTube um, videos, and that was Rugby Rugby Ten Fourteen. That was the two guys doing the um, doing the doing the chalkboard stuff. I, I really really enjoyed the the stats that those guys um, uh, used used to put up. I reckon that there'd be a lot of coaches around who would have been using using the stuff uh, those guys were, were using, Paul. And, and I, I personally think if you're into your stats and you're into what <clears throat> teams are doing and trying to achieve, I reckon that's one of the, one of the better programs around. But, hey, that, that's just me. Well, they moved over to, to Spark Sport and then Spark Sport had no rugby, so I'm not quite sure what they're up to now. Um, a couple of others here, unsurprisingly, um, do they trust journalists? Uh, the answer is uh, no on the whole. Um, and I'll... Are players treated fairly by the media? The answer again, no. We try to treat, treat, treat players fairly here. 
So um, <laughs> come on here, tell us your story. Let, let's have this. Um, we'll, we'll help you get 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 your view out. Um, interesting ones around the laws here. Um, whether they should have uh, on report cards rather than yellows. I personally disagree with this one. Um, I think on report just means that uh, you're lowering the punishment and therefore there isn't the punishment to the team and therefore players um, are more likely, are less, uh, are more likely to transgress. Um, whereas if they feel like they're letting their team down by getting a yellow, I think they're more likely to, to behave and stay within the laws. But that's a personal opinion there. Um, guys, yeah, I don't um, agree with that as well. Um, only because you're sort of leaving the guy to, to continue to play on. So, for example, he, you know, he, he does a high shot, he takes um, that player out or whatever, um, or, or, you know, a professional foul. Um, you know, you're sort of still allowing the player to stay on the field and, and continue. Um, as you said, you know, it, it just puts things in the back of the player's minds to not commit um, fouls or, you know, professional fouls and stuff like that. So, you know, I tend to disagree with that as well. Hmm. You know how I feel, Paul. <laughs> I, I yeah, no, I, I, I would go in some circumstances. I would, <clears throat> I would go the other way because, uh, um, especially those contestable high kicks, two guys yeah, going up, going up into the air at the same time. Yeah. You know, some of those. Bit of a you great see area. a guy get a. Yeah, it's such a, it's it's such a grey area, and, and um, listen, I've got to ask, I, I have to ask you this, Dwayne, um, and it was really just from the Blues game on Saturday night, and there were a couple of examples where Dalton Papali went in, made a big tackle, and basically couldn't get out, just the way that he he made the tackle, and we Paul and I spoke about this last night. Well, he needed to change his tackle style, but he wanted to make a big. A, you know, an offensive tackle. tackle. Then we saw another. Mm -hmm. We saw another situation where Harry Plummer was basically once same again made a tackle, and then you had Bryn Hall, and and he had his knee on Plummer, so Plummer could only move yay far. Do you do you, do you think referees have to use a little bit of uh, in, interpretation or, or common sense? And from a from a from a halfback's point of view. Yeah. When a guy, when you know, when you know a guy's doing his best, and you know a guy's just, just lying there, yeah. you, 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 you as a halfback, you know the difference, eh? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, you know, you see, uh, I think Aaron Smith or oh, TJ Perry and I do it the best. Um, you know, they sell it, um, and I. But you look at the referee's point of view as well, and if they let things slide, um, then you're going to see a flow on effect, and I think. Um, you know, as they say, Crusaders do the best. Um, they just, you know, you, you cheat until you get caught and then you're a cheater, you know, sort of thing. So, um, so I think if they allow the little things to slide, then we're going to continue to have it um, each game. And, and the referees will get criticised quite a bit as well. Uh, whereas if they're consistent and, and they see it as it is um, and continue to call it, um, I think, you know, even in club rules, um, you're, you're taught to, um, you know, move east-west, not north to south, because you're, you're sort of in the way of, of slowing that ball down. Um, but, you know, you, you see some very experienced nines um, sell it to the referees and, and, and you know, sort of hold that pl uh, player in that position or, you know, put a knee down to limit his movement. So. There, there, is, there is something that really grates with me, is when you've got an advantage... The other team knows that you're under advantage, so you've got an opportunity to do something, and they infringe again, yeah. and the infringement is such in a way that, hey, I'm going to lock on this ball, and I'm not going to let it go, so the movement doesn't go at all. Does that does that sort of second infringement frustrate you? Yeah, that's when the referees have to step in and just you know offer the card, you know, or, or just do something because. Yeah. They're obviously going to try and kill the play because we've got an advantage. Like advantage. Um, yeah. So, yeah, no, that's frustrating. Exactly. Because yeah, to me, that second infraction is even worse than the first infraction the first because one. they know it's they know it's under yeah. advantage. They know that if, if you've, you've, your team's got momentum. the ball and you've got, an op yep. yeah, you've got momentum, they kill it straight away. Referee goes in, yeah, sure, he has a word with the player, but there's, you know, there's no no implications. So, no, I, it was mm. just really interesting to get your thoughts on that. That really does frustrate me. 
So talking of, talking of referees, <laughs> apparently Glenn Jackson is the worst Super Rugby referee. <laughs> then uh, Mike Fraser followed by uh, Rasta. Um, Rasta. So... Um, Dwayne, we won't, if, if you want to comment, you may do. If you don't, if you want to just stay silent as being a player, we totally understand. Um, <laughs> I'll, I'll pass on that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, I thought Glenn Jackson uh, sort of went downhill after he found out he would, he hadn't been selected for the Rugby World Cup. Um, so I think that's probably a reflection on the end of his on on, on the end of last on sort of second half of last season, rather than necessarily his full his full career. But there we go. Um, yeah, you know, it's a little bit like the stadium question. This one, Paul, I'm, yeah. um, I'm, uncom I'm uncomfortable with it. I mean, is that I hate it? You know, you you read the posts on the weekend, and there's a couple of posts that have come up there from Aaron saying that the Crusaders get a, get the roll of, roll of the green. Well, you know, seriously, if you if you as a team go out and play the perfect game or close to the perfect game, you take the referee, you take the official out of the equation um and that's and that's 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 really the key we saw that in first week of super rugby everybody's you know look at all these penalties well got up and you can just see the improvement for the, the players have figured it out now you got you get your cleaners there your cleaners have just got to be a step quicker to, to clean people out and that takes it away although people are still getting um pinged for for, for side entries and stuff like that uh, uh, i'm like i said i'm, I'm uncomfortable with this question, every every referee has a moment. There is so much to it. Rugby must be the most difficult game to. Oh uh, yeah, I, 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 thank you all referees who do it. You, we we really do appreciate you. Yeah. Interesting one, yeah. Angus Gardner being voted the top referee though. I, I, he clear he's he's um he's not a fan favourite, but clearly the, the the players respect him um on the pitch. So um so look, he's doing a lot of things right that we don't see, or we don't necessarily agree with. So um, good on him. I like um, and Paul, Paul Paul Williams who refereed the Blues Crusaders game on the weekend. I, I thought he did a, a pretty good job. I think Ben O'Keefe is is right up there. Um, uh, Pickerel from uh, North 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 Harbour. He wasn't my favourite, but he's 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 grown on me. And he can be a bit pedantic, Brendan, sometimes. But um, you know, he only referees to the letter of the law. And like I said. Um, if players play a near perfect game, you take them out of the equation. Now we're going to have a few interesting ways some about players. So, biggest grub is apparently Dane Coles. <laughs> then, but then um, best bloke off the field, and Dane Coles is is in there as well. And you're like, hang on a second, he's the he's the uh, um, he's the he's he's, he's 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 a grub on the field, but apparently he's he's, he's quite nice off the field. Um, so interesting one there. It sort of goes um, back to you know when you when you cross the white line, um, you, yep. you you bump for business, and then off the field you you let your hair down and you relax and enjoy each other's camaraderie. So um, nah, it's just on the field, mate. You just got to do what you got to do to get the get the win, and if you can get away with it, um, get away with it. If not, then you're pinged. But it's also Paul, not only is Paul he just, um, is he a grub, but he's also respected. You're like, hang on a second. You're respecting the grub. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? I think there's a bit of, I think, I think, yeah, he's one of those players that sometimes you'll play against a player, you know, he's annoying as hell, but he's also good as well. And yeah. there's that weird sort of respect with him. And he's he he's basically basically makes a statement. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm don't muck with me. Put it that way. If you're gonna if you're gonna push each other around, I mean, so I think I think back to that little bit of banter he was having with uh, with um, Bowden Barrett in Bowden the Barrett Blues first game. That, that, was, that was hilarious. I heard a, saw people couple right. Oh, what an idiot! But I'm going. Listen, yeah. there's just a bit of banter. These guys will be laughing about it. Well, they'll be best and, mates, you know. Yeah, they're best. They're probably best mates. But you know, you you want to do everything you can. Because you know the off season is a long time, isn't it, Dwayne? <laughs> yeah, <much laughs> so. There's nothing. There's nothing more than sticks a rock in the back than a <clears throat> when you're lying on the beach that knowing that you lost to your best mate during during the uh, the main season. I think he's um, a bit of an enforcer as well. Um, and I think that's what uh, you know All Blacks sort of tend to enjoy with him. You know when he does come off the bench, even for the Kings, you know he's a bit of an enforcer. 
Um, and he, he's got his own way of doing it. But um, I think, you know, every team needs one. Um, you know, put that fear in the opposition to, um, to oh, you know, you're not coming my way or, you know, be careful when you do because, you know, I'll let you know sort of thing. So uh, he's definitely a great player. And another story of, of stuff that we don't necessarily appreciate. And I think until the weekend, a lot of people were surprised by this one of who is the um, best winger in New Zealand rugby and George Bridge getting uh, 46% there. Whereas you've got players like Severis, Rico Iwani, two players with a lot more publicity, um, a lot more noise around them. Uh, but I think we saw at the weekend the way that uh, he came back and totally shut down Talia, why a lot of the players rate him as being one of the best wings uh, mm. in, in, the, in, the, in the country. Um, but I think a lot of us were surprised by, by, by that vote initially um, as well. Um <clears throat> Any other ones that I think might be a bit fun to have? Um, just that's, uh, I guess, best player in New Zealand. Yep, Bowden, Hardy, Brody, uh, the three there. Uh, in, yep, in that one, yeah. I, I would I wouldn't disagree with that. I was just about to say, is <clears throat> would Ben Lamb be available for someone? No, uh, he played for New Zealand Sevens. Uh, so, yeah, so he's, yeah, he's definitely out of the picture. Oh, man, I, I would say yeah. um, I would um, love to see Mark Talia up in that in that list. He's probably been in form um, mm, outside mm. back um, as of late, um, and he played quite well defensively. He showed a, a masterclass on defence as a winger, uh, made made mm. a few good shots. Um, but you know, when you're playing up against Crusaders team, you know, as they say, eighty minutes, uh, you know. They did the job. Mm. Yeah, so Mark Talea is there amongst the uh, who is the next breakout star and to make the All Blacks. Colin Grace, who clearly was uh, who was doing really well until he got injured um, for the uh, Crusaders. Hosking Satutu and Mark Talea. Yeah, two people who have just been given two-year contract extensions at the Blues. Um, <laughs> so yes, uh, as you say, uh, so yeah, they're in the they're sort of the mix of the breakout area rather than. Um, and yeah, I'm not sure how long ago uh, these votes were taken as well. Um, you oh. see, yes, Moxley has really stood up recently, hasn't he? Um, cool. I mean, there, there, are, there are a few more, but hey, um, let's uh, get on to talking about some uh, some club footy. Uh, where do you want to start, um, Stephen? I think we'll probably start up in a uh, good place. To, we'll go. We'll go north to south. So we'll uh, start up in uh, <clears throat> in uh, Northland. We saw the uh, round four of the Spark Northern Rugby this uh, weekend just gone, and uh, it's pretty close results. I've got to say, Camo beating the uh, Western Sharks twenty four points to ten. Now I think that's uh, the home teams are, are, are listed first. I mean, think so. Uh, that was a good away win for Camo. A horror horror 23-12 over Mid Northern, and then horror horror running very very hot at this stage. And I would imagine uh, the likes of uh, <clears throat> there's three or four Northern Mighty Ten Cup players in that side, and they're having a big influence. So they got the win over Mid Northern. Hikurangi 38, Ngati Hene Morewa UK 34. Good performance uh, from um, Ngati Hene Morewa UK because they've been getting pumped in there. <clears throat> First few games thus far, and uh, I saw a a, uh, a message from uh, Cam Goodhue, older brother of Josh and uh, and Jack Goodhue, just congratulating the guys on their performance. That's actually also uh, uh, Jack and Josh's uh, <clears throat> first club in the far north. I see a draw there between Wellsford and Kitty Kitty, eighteen all, and uh, a tight one between the Old Boys uh, Marist and uh, Waipu. I was toying with driving up to that game, but um, Shadball Park was only 10 minutes around the corner so I decided to go there instead as we uh, look at the table, horror horror of course unbeaten, sitting out on uh, 18 points, Waipu on 14 Western Sharks 11, Old Boys Marist, Mid Northern and Carmo it's quite important that you uh, uh, stay in touch if you're in second place, looks like horror horror going to be the team to beat but I think there's going to be just one straight round robin and they're straight into a final first and second place Paul Yep, so there's, there's, uh, so there's people who are watching rather than on the uh, 
uh, while they're listening. Um, we just brought up the table there quickly for you. So you say horror, horror at the top doing well. Um, and then uh, it's pretty tight all the way down to uh, Carmo. Uh, it perhaps starts to, after that, you say you're perhaps losing touch. But uh, yeah, three three teams there on 10 points, all still uh, all still in it, if they can string a couple of wings, wins together. Good, good, good tight games too, Paul, I've got to say. And that's what a, a competition needs. It's, um, you know, you, you do have some blowouts and we have got some blowouts coming up very, very shortly as uh, I look at uh, North Harbour Club Rugby in a moment, Paul. Yeah. Um, Dwayne, if you have any, any comments on North, any comments on any of these uh, leagues or, or, or games, do do chip in. I'm not sure how much you know about which ones are the clubs, but, um, but yep. Yeah. yeah, as you say, Stephen, I'm moving on to North Harbour and a couple of big blowouts there. Yeah, very much so. And we'll start with those blowouts. Um, Messi, good to see them bounce bounce back because that was quite a, a pace thing they took last week against Northcote, but they bounced back against uh, Mahurangi, 50 to no. Always tough for Mahurangi. Mahurangi is one of those sides that's, what, what, 45 minutes out of Auckland. So you probably just got a lot of locals, probably a lot of players, yeah, not quite too prepared to, to travel that, that far. I mean, so good on them. At least they've got a senior team turning out every weekend. So credit to them for that. Another big win for uh, Kumu, 44-13 against uh, North Harbour Maris. Great to see Kumu going really well. They've got, they've got these really well-manicured grounds, grounds, I've got to say, out at Riverhead. I drive past there a couple of weeks, and I'm, I'm always impressed. And um, North Shore and uh, North Cape battling it out. 10 all over there in uh, in Devonport. So, yeah, that, that must have been a slog, that game. But to me, the real big upset, the uh, uh, the 2019 Premiers getting uh, tipped over by Silverdale, 26-20. And you've got to say that's an upset, Dwayne. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think Silverdale haven't been tracking along too well. Uh, lost a few experienced boys, a um, couple to MLA, and also just some boys uh, lost interest. So, Oh, it's good to good to see they all get back up. Um, East Coast Bay is always tough, always tough to beat uh, those boys. Um, but it's good to see the muddy Northcote uh, get a draw, um, banking on them to make the finals as always. Yeah, that's 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 definitely going to be uh, worth the watch as we look at the table. Takapuna and Northcote, East Coast Bays and North Shore make up the uh, the top four in North Harbour. Uh, club rugby, Silverdale and Messi just hanging on to that fifth and sixth place and uh, Kumi there or thereabouts unfortunately, probably for North Harbour Marist and Mahurangi probably going to yeah, it's probably going to be a case of uh, a, a long season for those two sides down the bottom Yeah, Takapuna had the had the bye this week but three wins out of three um, they're looking very strong I'll um I'll go to before we get into the Auckland men's division. I'll have a quick look at the uh, women's uh, results uh, from the weekend in uh, Auckland women's Premier Rugby. Ponsonby twenty four, College Rifles three, Marist forty five, Ardmore Marist three, and uh, Manurewa fifty one. The uh, Albany Barbarians uh, twelve and. Uh, Manurewa, they are just ripping it up at the moment. I would imagine they've probably got a few counties. Uh, ladies running around for that team, and then it's uh, a battle after that between Ponsonby and Maris. Maris traditionally used to be the the powerhouse of uh, one of the powerhouses of um, Auckland Premier Rugby, along with with Ponsonby. I think Anna, Anna Richards either ran, around, I think she ran around for 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 Ponsonby. I, I saw her at the Ponsonby game the other day, looking looking still looking pretty fit these days. And Ardmore Marist in uh, in fourth placing. And of course, a bit of work for College Rifles and the Albany Barbarians to do. Yeah, and the Barbarians, uh, new team this season, um, so they're going to take a while mm. to settle in and get used to playing at this level. Uh, but so, yeah, put together by all the women's clubs over there on the North Shore. Uh, but good, good to see them having a crack and uh, at this at this level and getting some better competition. Oh, very much so. And we uh, move on to the. Uh, Auckland, uh, it was Goodyear Tyres, Auckland Club uh, Rugby. And uh, once again, yeah, a couple of blowouts here, which was a little bit disappointing. But just before I do, there was a, a defaulted game where Te Papapa just maybe struggling with, with numbers. You know, a, a club like Te Papapa, they're a sturdy, sturdy little club. But uh, I think once you do start getting a few injuries in the team, things start to struggle. So listen, our, our thoughts go out to that club and hopefully – they can get a get their premier team back on on the paddock sh- shortly. So university 
uh, by way of uh, default pickup the five points there. Another big win for Grammar Tech. Sim- similar situations with East Tamaki. You just hope that these clubs hang in there because you, n- you never take them for granted. Let me give you the tip. If you go out there with the mindset that you're just going to rock up and-, and beat these guys on a given day, they will shock you. Let me give you the tip. I've been there, done that. Um, Marister, 67. Or Tahu 10. Um, a big result there for Maris, building nicely, remembering their last year's um, uh, losing finalist, and they're a pretty well-coached side, got some uh, good footballers there. Uh, Ponsonby, 27, Eden, 13. Once again, Ponsonby just showing they are on that roll at the moment. And, uh, of course, uh, Waitamata uh, just found College Rifles just a little bit too too hot to handle out at College Rifles, but that was probably no surprise. Uh, you know, college college rifles still wanting to stay in uh, uh, contact. And, of course, Manuko beating Papatoitoi. You'll tell us a little bit about that game shortly, Paul, and the game that I was at. Suburbs uh, 23, uh, Pakuranga 8. And, um, listen, I've got to first of all say, Shadball Park, I didn't know what to expect with the ground conditions, but the, the ground conditions look, you know, they look pretty good from where I, w- I was watching. And, uh Listen, it was a good contest, but um, before I let uh, Dwayne have a chat, just my own thought, my own thoughts on the game. I thought uh, I thought Pakuranga probably be kicking themselves a, a little bit because they they had opportunities, but they'd always put that uh, that final pass down and they couldn't quite string things together. But I actually thought they showed some great heart in defence. Probably about for about ten or fifteen minutes in the second half, where suburbs who had most of the ball in the field position could have taken that game away, but they showed a lot, a lot of heart and came back. And I thought at eight, oh, we had a a game on our hands. And I'm sure, Dwayne, you probably thought you had a game on their hands at that stage. Yeah, we, as you said, you know, we're in the fight uh, right through, and it was probably just opened up in that last sort of fifteen where discipline um, got. The better of us and um we sort of let the game go but you know full credit to suburbs as well um you know they had experience like Kyle Perry who's who's been around for yonks and he I don't, I don't think he missed a kick um and you know we sort of let that in our game and um you know discipline got in and you know we just we just let our foot off the throat when we had them you know it was a dog fight um eight all and you know it was a good battle uh but you know Suburbs just wanted it a little bit more, and you know the score sort of didn't re- really reflect the game. But um, yeah, they just they, they played better uh, on the day, uh, so it was a good learning curve for us, and um, especially for the young boys. You know, you got to grind those those games out, and um, Suburbs are just one of those great club teams who who play a full eighty minutes, and you know you definitely know you're, you're in a dogfight because I know there were a lot of mm. sore bodies after the game. A couple of boys that really impressed me in your pack, and I know he's coming was coming back from a long term injury after heading to Counties Monaco last year. But um, Max East, East, you could be forgiven if you thought Tom Robinson was running around out, out on the field. A big, uh, big, ginga, big ginga. I hope he doesn't mind me saying that. And also, <laughs> you're, you're lucky enough to have a New Zealand um, sevens player and Tony Nashu on there. And man, with ball in hand, how tough is that guy? Yeah, he's, he's one of the young fellas that came through Pekaringa uh, straight out of school, uh, went down to Nelson and sort of exploded from there. So um, he's been on the seventh circuit for uh, a couple of years now um, and, you know, just ha- had the opportunity to, uh, due to COVID to come and play some club footy, get some fitness. Uh, but he's he's pretty much carried the pack and um, along now with Max East, who's come back from injury. Um, you got Michael Macbeth, who's um, slowly coming back. So a bit of experience that's still on the sidelines. Um, so you know, hopefully we can um, you know get some experience back this week. Um, a lot of the boys are, have been out for long term injuries, which are coming back this week. So it's pretty exciting. And just and just just on that um, just on that forward effort as well. Listen, I, I actually thought your scrum did reasonably well against a very very good front row of Adams Halaholo oh. and Rina Palmer. You know, guys who have all all played at a higher level and listen your front row and especially your big um tight head prop uh Pitta, man he he takes a bit of stopping on the advantage line well that's what i'm saying you know it's um good good test of character for the young boys um just to learn a bit of grit and how to grind out uh, matches so let's just hope you know these young boys take the experience and um you know we'll, we'll kick on from here 
And of course, there is is um, two two sides. And and speaking of um, of forwards, I I had a chat to I went to see Jared Adams at the end of the game to see if he had uh, uh, that he didn't have number eleven on his back as opposed to uh, to number one because he he looks in really good shape, doesn't he? Oh, he played eighty minutes. Him and now uh, about there, so it's uh, you know as a class actor, you don't you don't get that uh, much from you know front rowers these days, but. Uh, yeah, it goes to show what, what sort of class front rollers they have. Um, they're trucking along really well. Um, I think that was their yeah. first victory in, in, in Auckland Club footy for a wee while. So, um, yeah. And two good tries. You know, while there was only two tries in the game, I thought both tries were well taken. Uh, Bruno uh, Tuivai, the yeah. skipper for Suburbs, just that was an expert finish on on his part. And, uh, and uh, Solofa... Silipa, I thought finished off a really that was a really good movement down that uh, left hand left hand side as well, and I actually thought you guys were right back in the game, but it uh, it just wasn't to be. Just before we we wrap up on this one, what what would be the work ons for Pakuranga this week, uh, Dwayne? Probably just uh, patience with the ball in hand. Um, as you said, uh, we pushed the past a little bit, um, and you probably look to try and score too early. Um, instead of earning the right to, um, you know, the, we knew suburbs were a big pack, so we just had to hold the ball and um, sort of move them around, tie them out and, and look for mismatches. So, um, you know, as you said, we, we had a young pack um, and it was hopefully they'll take the learning curves and, and, and build on from here. Um, some great results yep. as well and some sort of, you know, club footy's looking good. The Battle of the South, which uh, Paul was at, 8-6, um, that's a tough match. Uh, oh. Toy, um, getting pipped from Manukau Rivers, which is a bit of a surprise because Papatoy's uh, been looking good. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of the favourites did win. Uh, Marist are looking strong as always. Um, and obviously the Ponies, um, you know, we really thought that was going to be an upset. Eden um, have some class pairs. But, you know, Ponies again just keep the roll, um, you know, keep rolling on. So, you know, it's good. Yeah, have a quick chat about that. So Manukau won against Papatoy Toy. Um, look, a very, it was a very heavy pitch. They played the reserve game on there beforehand, which they probably shouldn't have done. Um, pitch two looked fantastic. Um, so they probably should have moved the reserve game over to pitch two. Um, but unfortunately, it's a strategy, Paul. That was a strategy, mate. Cut the ground <laughs> up. <laughs> um, it took 36 minutes before um, Papi Toy made it into uh, the Manukau 22, uh, which gives you an idea as to where most of the game was. It was between those 22s. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot in the middle of the park. Um, three all at halftime. Uh, Manukau really realised, obviously, that uh, kicks that this was going to be a close one. Try to drop goal, but hit the post um, in the second half, uh, and also missed a penalty. Then uh, had a yellow card for a deliberate knockdown um, there. So, um, and Babatoto had a couple of good breaks where they really looked like they were going to go close, but just couldn't quite get that final ball um, or. Uh, or or a Manukau player just got back to to collect the the sort of hack through or the grubber through. Um, but they did take the lead uh, at um, uh, to, to go three six up. But then uh, Manukau uh, un- went, went went into their locker to get themselves a nice set move off the back of a scrum. Um, came out to the open side, switched it back to the uh, blind side, gave it to uh, Samoa Tulua, uh, who is a Samoan sevens player. Um, and uh, yeah, he had enough um, to get over in uh, uh, to get over the line, and that um, try proved to be enough in what was a very tight game, um, as we say. Yeah, entries into the twenty twos were few and far between. Um, you had to take your opportunities, and look, with such a muddy ball, <laughs> both sides struggled to take opportunities and, um, on, on the day. Um, but I must say, one of the good things about that pitch is they've also got a concrete walk around the outside. So you don't need your gumboots, folks. You can actually go there in your trainers, keep your trainers nice and clean um, and, uh, and and watch the game while they while the players get nice and muddy. Um, I post-match uh, interview with um, Henry Samuels, the Manukau head coach, is on our Facebook page, um, New Zealand Sports Radio. So head over there. Um, Stephen and Dwayne had a chat after the game and Stephen also had a chat with the captain, from um, uh, um, suburbs um, as well. So go over there and have a ch- look, look at those. I also did a video of the players running out and the songs that the, so what they did was they had the reserve grades create tunnels for the uh, premier, premiers to run out through and were, and they had their little team songs um, to uh, G the boys up. So that was a, 
So if you want to see how to how to encourage your players on the pitch, that's how you do it. Aaron asking in the live chat, any blue and whites turning out in club rugby? Um, and uh, yeah, I think uh, there have been some comments I've heard around the grounds about, yeah, perhaps a few players should be released um, from, uh, say, the Blues to try and get some extra uh, game time. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't think there's many blue and whites running around. Uh, perhaps I think they should be giving some more. They should be released to get some game time personally. Um, tell you what, though, Paul, tell you what though, Paul, I was going to be sorry to interrupt, but call me, call me biased though. You know, for any of our viewers or, or even if you're you're listening, get it, get out on Saturday because there's some really really good rugby. Um, all the games kick off at two forty-five. Round five starts uh, this weekend, and uh, it should once again it's going to be a case of West versus East. Uh, Pakuranga playing uh, Watamata at Bell Park uh, this this weekend. Listen, uh, you know both both of these teams will want to bounce back quickly. So get out and see those games. Other uh, other games, Edens versus Suburbs. That'll be a good game. That's at Gribblehurst Park. That's just around the corner uh, from Eden Park or Tahu East Tamaki. Papatoitoi University. You can guarantee Papatoitoi will give the students a, a hard time when they uh, head out to Papatoitoi. Um, Grammar Tech Ponsonby will be a very interesting game. Um, worth a look in Marista, Monaco, uh, Rovers. So there is some really, really good rugby. There may not be a lot of um, current blue and white players running around, but there are, will be a lot of respective players who will play provincial rugby because I still believe the Auckland club rugby system is one of the great uh, feeders, not just to the uh, the Blues Blues region, but there are a lot of players that have played out of the Auckland club system playing uh, rugby around New Zealand. Oh, I know Phil's so, watching uh, Varsity Coach and, um, you know, they, they've got an experienced pack coming back with the Lay Brothers, a couple of internationals, uh, Nipia Fox, Matsumura, who was on the oh. bench as well. And then you got Liam Steele. Um, so definitely some class um, coming back into club footy. So it's, it's great for the game, great for Auckland rugby. Um, and it's going to be an exciting finish to the season. So it's going to be awesome. Uh, Stephen, you decide which game you're going to be getting to this weekend yet? Um, not too sure, not too sure just yet. Um, I'll make sure, uh, I wouldn't mind. I haven't been out to Pakuranga for a while, so it might be a good opportunity to actually head out. And, Stephen, don't worry. I'm, I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure you guys, guys will. No, I might, might, might have to head out there. I'll probably be smiling or crying, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I'll be trying to get to a game as well. I've not yet chosen which one I'll be going to either, so uh, but um. So if, yeah, if you if you're uh, if if there's a club there watching and saying hey you'd like to have some coverage, um, tell me and uh, I'll come along and watch your game um, this weekend up there in uh, in Auckland. So uh, yeah, let me know if you'd like to have me along um, and uh, yeah I'll come and uh, do a couple of videos um, for you or with you. Um, so um, oh, my mouse is not where I thought it was. Let's come back here. Um, so yes, uh, the. Over in the over in England and the Gallagher Premiership, they have announced the return of their uh, tournament, um, and that it's going to be returning on the 14th of August. Uh, and they are going to make sure that uh, they are going to play all of the rounds um, uh, for. Um, sorry, yeah, thanks. Actually, that's a good point, Josh. Uh, sorry, not um, nocturnal rights feelings. So, yeah, down in Dunedin, the Highlanders players aren't aren't playing are getting into club rugby, which is good to see. Um, Josh Mackay got a couple of tries on Saturday. Um, yes, a player who we've been thinking, why isn't he getting a run out for the Highlanders? Um, but uh, it's clearly not down to injury um, there, certainly. Um, so, yes, talking about the, uh, the Premiership, and they've said they're going to make sure they hope they play all of their games for the integrity of the game, of, of the tournament. Yes, um, or more likely... The undertone is, as uh, Simon Hughes says, BT Sports needs coverage because they're running out of sports to show. Exactly. It's all about the money, money, money um, over there. Uh, and the clubs, um, some clubs are definitely um, are struggling financially. This does mean, though, that they will have three, potentially three rounds of midweek games, including European games, playing every four days. Dwayne, uh, anyone who, who try, uh, anyone up there that tries to say that um, player welfare is important, They've really thrown out the window here, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, just just talking to some of the boys, um, you know, obviously they've taken up um, pay cuts and stuff like that, and obviously try and finish the season. 
in such a rush will, will be a bit of a push. But um, in saying that, I think um, a lot of the players will be pretty excited to just get back into it. Um, I think the turnaround will be quite quick as well with the season and then backing it up with another season, unless the, the new season next season will be uh, in February or, or are they going for a global sort of season? I'm not too sure. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be quite tricky on the players. Um but um, yeah, as always, they're pr- pretty excited to get back. But as you said, player welfare's pretty much gone out the window, um, and 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 you know, money's uh, probably a big factor. Um, but who knows? Yep. Um, so the final will be on the twenty fourth of October, which is a week before England's rearranged Six Nations game against Italy, and then the week after that, they kick off with the November internationals, which apparently Fiji and Japan have been invited over for. So. Yes, um, the international players will definitely be playing through to the end of November and um, you can bet your bottom dollar that the Gallagher Premiership wants to be up and running before Christmas New Year because those are their biggest games and gate receipts. They really want to be playing over Christmas and New Year. So, yeah, any off-season is going to be, well, very short, if at all, um, to be to be honest. It'll be interesting to see when the Gallagher Premiership is suggesting they start the next one. And, yeah, look, um, let's hope that they basically run two squads, a midweek squad and a weekend squad um, to give the players rest because otherwise we're going to have broken bodies, which is not what we want to see. Um, uh, Simon lets us know, yeah, that apparently the top 14 is coming back in uh, in, uh, September um, as well. So, yep, uh, European sport getting back um, into action there. Now, the other one is also that... um, uh, squads, uh, all this idea that uh, the that all the all the clubs are fully bought into the um, salary cap because anyone who's signed quickly, um, their sal- we find it before a certain date, their salary only counted seventy five percent towards the next salary cap. And hey presto, extra chiefs, funnily enough, have re-signed thirty players. <laughs> so thirty players have got between one and four year extensions, four year deals. Um, uh, so you can see, look, that's their way of getting around the uh, salary cap by basically paying or by uh, getting all those contracts in bef- um, before the deadline date. So effectively, they will be paying 25% over the salary cap because those salaries only count 75% towards it. So uh, congratulations to those 30 players who are, um, and you've got to say, look, it's the right thing for the players to do. Take the money, um, get the best deal you can, uh, and good on them. Um, because yes, it's the right thing to do. So yes, um, the uh, comment there in the live chat about uh, what Super Rugby will look like um, come 2022. Geez, we don't even know what it's going to look like come 2021. Never mind 2022. That's try, trying to think that far ahead at the moment um, when the the world's in the current situation is just too difficult to understand kind of where we're going to be, what borders will or won't be open. Um, Etc. Etc. Um, uh, Dwayne, any news on the MLR? Have they, have they made any announcement about, about have they told the players anything yet about what's going to happen next season, or uh, is that not? Um, not yeah, public, still, not still up in the air, Paul. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's pretty tricky right now with how things are um, checking along over in the states. If anything, it's not getting any better. Um, so yeah, I think rugby right now isn't sort of um, you know on top of the list of things. Um, right now, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll, we'll hear some more news um, as you know, precincts sort of uh, looming. Um, so hopefully we'll hear, hear something soon. That'd be good. Yeah, it's, it's it's definitely mixed messages out of the states at the moment because we we, we hear the numbers um, and then we hear that um, IndyCar racing had uh, race this weekend was the first time they had crowds at an IndyCar race. So yeah, definitely mixed messages coming out of the states um, at the moment as to what um, what the situation is going to be. But how do you fancy getting locked, um, getting locked down in uh, Disney World for um, for a few months to, to do the season? I did. What was it uh, the NBA? Was it they're trying to plan? So the uh, the NBA and Major League Soccer are both locked down in Florida in the uh, yeah in Disney World. Well, well, for me, uh, based in New Zealand, I wouldn't mind that. But I'm sure the the NBA players yep. <laughs> will be touched yep. to do that sort of stuff. So yep. um, as a foreigner, that'll be pretty exciting. But and it only lasts long, that fun stuff. So, yeah. yeah. Wait, imagine that yeah. sales pitch. Cool. Hey, kids. Was... Hey, kids. hey, kids, we're going to take you to America for, for two months. You're going to live in Disney World. Well, 
Exactly. Paul, I was going to say, Dwayne's already watching develops the Hawaii franchise closely at the moment because his idea of playing rugby would uh, would be a beachfront Tropics, apartment, board oh. tropics. Uh, wouldn't, wouldn't that be the dream, Dwayne, playing for that uh, oh, Hawaiian franchise? <laughs> good, good retirement plan, Stephen. Good retirement plan. Yeah, yeah. I wonder if I, what if they need a manager. Yeah, the Wings in Sport Radio doesn't pay enough. Yeah, it doesn't pay. Yeah, I'm not paying anything. Yeah, off you go. You go and my inside mole. I haven't heard any coronavirus over in Hawaii, so it sounds pretty good. A lot of corona, but not viruses. Dwayne's captain of his team. He got a couple more years in his contract. He wouldn't. He wouldn't want to go to go to Hawaii. He's loving loving where he is now. No, no, that's right. That's right. He's he's an honourable man. We're thinking ahead. We're thinking ahead. He's an honourable man. He'll fulfil his contract. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, you, you don't want to be joining an expansion team. You want to be in a steady team that's going to win championships, then go to the expansion team once they've once they've had a couple of seasons to bet in. Um, yes. Anyway, we've overrun. We've not had a chance to chat about Sir Hanson's comments. I'm sure we'll, that 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 will that, that'll come up um, another week when we are talking about the future of Super Rugby. Um, thank you very much, Dwayne, um, for joining us this evening and giving us your player insights. Thank you, um, and thank, thank you, Stephen Harris. Um, again, um, who the uh, our knowledgeable man who gets around all of the grounds, um, and uh, he is uh, our, our, our man uh, on the pitch side, with his in in, in the mud, getting uh, getting us the real the real fans' view. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Um, good evening, everyone. Don't forget um, download the um, podcast, please. That is seriously our, our the biggest thing that we ask is that if you can download the podcast, um, if you can give us a review, that'd be even better. Um, just go to New Zealand Sports Radio on iTunes, Spotify, or iHeartRadio. Um, and uh, folks, have a great week and uh, enjoy the rugby this coming weekend. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 